Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a second round episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, we're on our way to Vegas. Well, not li- not literally speaking, but the Oilers are on their way to Vegas. Right, right. I mean, I, I was recently in Vegas, so I thought maybe you were just getting the weekends mixed Humble up. Brag. Humble brag. But uh, unfortunately, there's... Um... There was no hockey when I was there, but there's going to be a lot of hockey now. Aha! Oh, my goodness. So, it, uh, whoever doesn't know yet, uh, the Edmonton Oilers have uh, abolished the Los Angeles Kings, the, the curse of the Los Angeles Kings in six games, rather than the seven that it took last year. Uh, moving on to a second-round matchup versus the uh, six-year-old now, seven-year-old or no wow. six-year-old uh vegas golden knights who like for a, some reason like a third find, grader yeah the, f- fuck off uh who <laughs> somehow find themselves once again in the playoffs despite being an expansion team um uh, miles how has your week been um like i don't know it's it's kind of too soon to tell i mean we're recording here on a tuesday um so you know it's it's starting to get busy at work again the, the farmers are thinking about going seeding so was working working late last week there and and doing a little bit of working on the weekend and uh yeah i don't know i'm tired i'm kind of all over the place but i'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow so how are you how are you how are you i'm good uh you know just 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 doing the the you know the the classic the classic nolan stuff we went to the cottage this weekend that was that was pretty cool. My dad came to the cottage. He'd never been to the to Taylor's family's cottage before, so that was fun. So um, I'm shotgunning a Coors Light too. No free yeah, ads. Yeah, he 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 did uh, he did shotgun a silver bullet. Um, he also uh, told lots of stories. Uh, he was really drunk, <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> Um, but it was, uh, it was really good. I, I, I actually texted him. I actually texted him, uh, Sunday after, after I, after he'd went home and after I finally got home, uh, you know, we were doing the classic, like father son text where you let them know if you've made it home safe. And so I just said, Hey, I made it home safe. And he's like, Oh, great. Like, thanks. Thanks for a great week. And I said, thanks dad. I said, by the way, I'm really sorry if I seemed like a dick during the Oilers game. I was just really stressed. (laughs) fair Um, enough man which one was that that was game six game six that was a stressful day for for everybody that was that that was a game that had a lot of emotions to it and had a lot of ups and a lot of downs so i mean uh it's like you know those coffee mugs where it's like don't uh sorry for what i said before coffee yeah 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 we gotta get those on some we gotta get those on some yetis it's like sorry for what i said during the oilers game (laughs) sorry for the for the mean name you've been called during an Oilers game uh yeah it was uh it was not fun uh speaking of those games should, should, we, should we just get right to it well I think before we do that you're skipping a step guy oh I'm so- sorry I'm off my game <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do here's oh we'll get her back under wraps we're gonna review the two games two dubbies and then we're going to move into uh Oilers Golden Knights preview after we do that, we're going to do a playoff update from around the NHL, talk about the round two matchups, what, we, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, talk about the upsets from round one or the regular sets, whatever you want to call it. We're going to do a little bit of a series by series breakdown. And then once that's done, Nolan has uh, eloquently compiled a couple of NHL shit news items 
that um, are are big in the hockey world and and current in the hockey world. Two things that are breaking kind of today, yesterday. So, uh, how how would you feel about taking the first game recap, Nolan? I think it's one that's that's directly in your wheelhouse. Oh yeah, this is this is some good this is some good content. Because because tough start. Uh, the Bugie Man under Drew Doughty's bed, a six three Edmonton win in Game Five to push the series lead for the Oilers to three two. Uh, back home off of the off of the emotional OT winner, Rogers is going absolutely banana land. Crazy everyone, crazy everyone is drinking liquor. Evander Kane picks up where he left off, scoring goal, goals and opens things for 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 game five. One nothing Oilers. This big power play goal brought to you in part by Nurse and Eckholm, a rare, a rare power play two bingo. I've apparently read online that this was their first power play goal that the second unit has scored all season i don't know if i believe that or not but that can't be true it can't be right that like can't it, be true so if somebody wants to fact check that please 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 let us know i i'm making this a personal challenge for floor pie alex because he's always the first person to listen are we are we gonna say that this is uh stack guy floor pie alex this is this is in his wheelhouse yeah this okay. is this is exactly what the kid was born for uh, oh, by the way, I have the Florida Toronto game one and on in the background for all the listeners. Uh, Florida just made it three two. Let's go, uh, Cats! <laughs> Sorry, Leon Drysaddle scores a Bobby Orr style goal, celebrating on his back like a wounded turtle. Thankfully, he was all right, and it made for an awesome addition to the playoff hype montage. Assistant McDaniel and Eckholm two nothing Oilers. If I gave you three guesses as to who would get a goal for the Kings, chances are, chances are you would guess the guy because there are legit only three guys on this team who score goals. This time it's door number one, Alex Ayafalo, who gets his third of the playoffs, 2-1 Oilers. Boo! Exactly one minute after Ayafalo took the wind out of Rogers, hometown hero and Alberta boy Brett Kulak fires one past Corpusucko to restore the two-goal lead. Fog Daddy and Clam Chowder get the assists on this one. 3-1 Oilers. And this was like, this was a... We talked about Brett Kulak in the last episode. He has been on one and that man is flying. Um, again... Miles, if I gave you three guesses as to who would get a goal for the Kings, Ayafala was off the board. Again, you would probably get it first try because this time it was door number two. Adrian Kempe scoring the Kings goal to make it what to make it a one goal game heading into the first intermission. Oilers up three two. The second period, however, is where things get a little slutty. The Bugie Man, Deadline Daddy, scores his first of the playoffs from Nurse and CeCe. Oilers back up two goals. It's a 4-2 hockey game. Shortly after that, the Oilers would head to the power play where Zachary Martin Hyman, by the way, is a children's author, does his best FIFA impression and uses his face to direct the puck home. Ouchie! <laughs> Assist to McDavid and Boosh, 5-2 Oilers. Third period would get underway, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the third period also saw the end of Corpissalo's night. Uh, didn't matter, though, because he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for Bugna's sake. <laughs> 
<laughs> the deadline daddy, Nick Bukestad, scores his second of the game from Nuge to make it 6-3 Oilers. Uh, Byfield would make all of, well, 6-2 Oilers. Byfield would make all of uh, Oiler Fan Nation hold their collective breath as he scored to make it 6-3 two minutes after Bukestad scored. But the Oilers managed to hold on, close the game, and take the series league. Shots were 28-27 for the Kings. Oilers won 55% of the draws. Oilers were perfect on the penalty kill, going one for one, and then two for three on the power play. Nurse was first star. Nurse was first star? Really? Nurse was first star. That's cursed. Bugstad was second star, and Hyman was third. The skin dog bounced back after being pulled in game four, going 25 for 28 for an 893. Save percentage. Yeah, real bounce back for him. Hey, you know what? He made the stops when he had to. A dub is a dubby. A dub is a dub. They don't ask how, they ask how many. And the skin man made it happen. So, shouts out to the skin dog. Mr. Skin. Mr. Skin himself. The mustached manual. Why are we even talking? But we're talking about Stuart Skinner because we're proud of him. Because he single-handedly ended a goaltender controversy that wasn't a goaltender controversy. But, um, like... The Nick Bugstad game. Game five is the Nick Bugstad game. Welcome to Edmonton. Dude, he was so good in this game. That second line, I I remember looking at it in like the the in when they were initially tweeting the lineups, and I'm like, ooh, a nuge Bugstad and Hyman, that's that's kind of gross. <laughs> but he worked. It worked for him. I mean, it it must come from all of that uh, all of that top six experience he had in Arizona this season. So um, he's been a nice welcome addition, and I've really enjoyed him. And we mentioned this before when it came to um, uh, when it came to talking about Eckholm, and it's like if you don't know when he's on the ice, that's usually a good sign. And that's kind of how I felt with Nick Bugstad up until this point. Like he just has been, he's helped just fill a hole right and it's and the 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 bottom six has been contributing and he's been a large part of that and the fact that he was able to step into this top six role and really produce is really great to see yeah he's like a uh he's like a chocolate dipped cone like on you know when he's playing defense and doing his job you're like oh what a great treat and then when he scores a couple goals it's like there's a little maraschino cherry on top there and you're like oh an even better little treat. So we like it when uh, when the bug daddy, when the when the bugie man gets involved in a couple of a uh, couple of offensive outputs there. So shouts out to him and uh, poor little Hyman taking one off the nice little off of his little face. Oh, poor my guy. God. Yeah, but it was it was pretty sick because he takes it off the face and then immediately goes in goes into the lineup to 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 do the fist bump and he's just holding his face the entire time. <laughs> I want it when I when I was watching it. I'm or not when I was watching it. When I was typing the notes, I I'm realizing a missed opportunity because I could have been like, oh, I'm in with the header, <laughs> Arsenal, girl. I don't know you soccer mean, thing. You mean you mean fly Emirates? Fly, yeah. No, um, I don't know. Do we are they bad or do we cancel them? Uh, the UAE. What are they, what do they do? I just feel like there's or, a lot of like human rights issues and like oh, like that. I feel like, like this is out of, I feel like this is out of my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? Fair enough. Let's keep politics out of it. This is a non-political podcast in Biden's America. In Biden's America. I don't want to get political today. Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> oh, we can't even talk about. Well, we get to, we get to talk about Minnesota a little bit later, but it's going to be pretty brief. Can I talk about something else in the meantime? Uh, yes. Um, oh, I was trying to figure out what motorcycle noises you're talking about, but I guess the beginning of, I guess the beginning, of, I guess it has the, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Motorcycle noises from Kickstart My Heart. Yamamoto Cross enters the chat. 5-4 Edmonton Oilers win April 29th. Edmonton wins a series 4-2 at the crypto.com arena. Four-day layover. Layover or um intermission or what the fuck nhl four days in between one game and the next that is egregious that's loser stuff uh you know how nolan bites leather every time evander kane scores like has a little melt has a meltdown has you know goes through the whole stages of grief every time evander scores well basically the same thing happens for baby back billick when yamamoto scores and boy howdy did this one have that guy in a full submissive garb Talking about gag ball and all. We know how this one went, so let's just get into it, <laughs> He's shall like we? The gimp from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> a little bit. So Condor McDervidson scores his third of the series from Bush and Ekholm, and it's a one-nothing game a minute 25 into the into the game. Awesome start. Let's go. Kings get the equalizer seven minutes later from Sean Dersey. One one yeah. game. Yeah. Clean cost, and ladies and gentlemen, after getting Raz last episode, we were we were breaking it down. You know, when the bench shrinks, you got to get rid of the guys who don't produce offense, and and you know that's clean cost. And well, he heard Nolan and I talking mad shit, and decided that he was going to score the go ahead goal on an absolute laser beam from Vincent Deharnay. Welcome back, Vincent Deharnay, and Clam Clowder, two one Oilers. Second period opens up with the Oilers power play, and with uh, just a classic rip job from the dirty German. To, to score and give the Oilers another goal. Boosh can, and McDavid get the assist. Can I say what my favorite celebration is on the Oilers? It's the Leon Dreisaitl scores a power play goal, drops one leg down on one knee and gives a little fist bump. That's so sick. And he does it like a hundred times a season because yeah, he's just it's out the there best. blasting him. So if you needed that to be broken down a little bit more, that means that um, there was a power play goal scored by Leon Dreisaitl and the assists went to Bouchard, Burchard, and McDavid, and the Oilers are ahead 3-1. The Oilers get themselves into a bit of penalty trouble here, and Kempe makes them pay, scoring his fifth of the series to make it a 3-2 game. Immediately after the Kings made it a one-goal game, Ekholm takes a high-sticking penalty, and Kevin Fiala scores on the ensuing power play to even things up at 3 Nolan, when the game is on the line and momentum has been lost, there's only one guy you're going to call for offense on the Edmonton Oilers team, and that's Clem motherfucking Costin because he scores his third of the playoffs, second of the night to restore the Oilers' lead. Let's go! Assist to Yamamoto and Vinny D on that play. Such a 4-3 Oilers lead heading into the third kind of night. The third period saw some staunch defensive play from both sides until Quentin Byfield took a holding penalty giving the Oilers a power play opportunity. We've heard this one a time or a time or two folks, haven't we? At which point things went exactly as you would expect uh, as Stuart Skinner misplays the puck lands right on Philip, the stick right in the mouth of the goal. And he scores a shorthanded goal to make it four, four crypto.com is rocking. And so am I, but I am rocking in a sponge room <laughs> wearing a straight jacket. This cannot be happening. I, the- Dude, I, no joke, dropped to my knees on the floor. I couldn't fucking believe it because I already played the scenario in my head. I had like a, like a, like a premonition. It was like a final destination premonition. And basically what I saw was, oh my God, this game is going into overtime. The Kings win the game and then they beat us in game seven. We're done. Yeah. And that's how it's done. 
And that was such a, like, I think I got five texts, like, what was Skinner doing there? And, you know, you watch the replay and you're like, man, like, I don't know, that just, like, what do you say? That just happens. Then it came out at the end of the game that his stick was broken or something and it, like, flubbed the puck. I don't know. But that was exactly the galaxy brain shit because you just, you felt like the game was going to be lost at that point. It was, it was so, so, so hopeless. So yeah, I am, uh, I'm in a sponge room straight jacket. I shouldn't joke about that, but uh, not feeling very good to say the least. So the game went back and forth until there was a little over three minutes left in the period when the grind gang, had the puck in the King zone. I'm calling them the grind gang here. They're moving it around down low, maintaining possession until the Oilers 2017 first round pick, the son of Spokane, Kyler Yamamoto saw an opportunity with some space in the middle of the circle where he turned and fired a shot top corner, beating Jonas Corposalo, giving the Oilers their most important lead in 2023, making it five to four. The Oilers were able to close out the final three minutes of the series. It's over in six. The Oilers are moving on to the second round. Pew, 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 pew. The Oilers were badly outshot. I don't know what that was. I'm just excited. Uh, the Oilers were badly outshot in this one, 44 to 26. Uh, the Kings went two for three on the power play. Yikes. And the Oilers went one for two on their power plays. Oilers dominated in the dot, winning 57% of the draws. Skinner was awesome. He made 40 saves on 44 shots for a .909 save percentage. Yamo took home first star with one goal, one assist. Leon was second star. And third was third star. Who cares about the individual stuff? Massive team win with depth playing a huge part in the victory. Hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. Oilers in six. Yeah, this was this was absolutely electric. Uh, one thing I did want to quickly mention, uh, Miles. You know how uh, you know how Sportsnet likes to invite a personality on, like a like a head coach or something like that for their intermission panel. Yeah. Oh. The uh, they they dug right into the uh, they dug right to the bottom of the trash barrel. <laughs> Who did they have? Dallas Eakins is on right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> recently released Dallas Eakins. <laughs> yeah. Not coaching ducks anymore. <laughs> Dog, like they have it on the game right now. My guy, yeah, my guy, my guy has aged really well, but I can tell that he's got some that he's got some lines in his forehead, and that's got to be from coaching John Klingberg and Trevor Zegers this season. <laughs> Fixing you, his hair on the bench. Can I? Can I, I just wanted to quickly mention as well. Yeah. Um, do you like how I stole your swag there? I do. Um, so. Um, 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 one of the things that we were talking about at the beginning of this series, or one of the things that a lot of media was talking about, like we're media, a lot of people were talking about at the start of the series was like how good, um, how good Kopitar is in the face-off circle and like how good of a defensive team the Kings are. We talked about it a lot. And that's why I wanted to make an effort of including what the face-off statistics were in every game because the Oilers lost, the Oilers were beaten in the draws, um, one game out of six. So for all the shit that we talk about Connor McDavid not being good at faceoffs and like how hyped up uh, Turd was and Kopitar and all these centermen that are able to win draws, Oilers held their own and yeah. and did a very very good job. I mean you have to win the you have to win the faceoff to control the play and get the puck where you want it to. Right? It's a very simple concept of just making the game simpler. And the Oilers managed to do it in uh, five out of six games. So I was very happy with that. 
I have to give the Oilers credit for dealing with the major pushback they got from the LA Kings in game six, because like LA left it all out there. Um, I know that they, they allowed freaking five goals and they lost the game, but LA really did leave it all out there and they played their asses off. Um, I'm really, really happy this series is over. I'm just, I'm, I, we said this from the beginning, but LA was the one team the one team I didn't want to play in the playoffs and luckily they got rid of them and we can move on because I just, they were just, they were the perfect matchup for the Oilers and it just, um, I'm just happy it's over. I know that I'm kind of just saying a bunch of the same stuff, but yeah, uh, hell of a team. And I think that that team is going to have a very, very, very bright future ahead of them. You know, once, once a few of those guys on, on that team, really figure their games out. Um, we were probably going to see Brant Clark in game six and it never ended up happening. But like Quentin Byfield's a prime example. I think he's offensively so talented. I think he got burned quite a few times defensively in his own zone. Um, and, uh, but, but I think that that, that's a guy that that's, that's going to continue to develop. He's going to get better. And when you, uh, when you combine that with the influx, a lot of, of their, of their other young talent, and then they have all the assets that they can go and make a couple more moves. So I'm, I'm happy that the Oilers beat them when they did because once that team finds that perfect balance of veterans and young guys, they're going to be unstoppable. Well, not to mention, like, Kevin Fiala was hurt for two games this series. And in, Something like that. Yeah. He's, he's 26. Adrian Kempe, 26. Like, they're, yeah. they're a young team, and they're pretty dirty. So, I don't know. It sucks that they're in the Pacific because chances are the if the if, if the NHL doesn't change this playoff format which they probably won't it's a really good chance that they're going to see them you know in the next 3 4 years yeah i at various points right yeah the, if kevin fiala like you can t- i mean he they lost every game that he was in but you could tell his impact was there in game 4 um or yeah yeah game 4 he immediately blasted onto the screen and it was it was it was crazy so um, yeah, but if there, man, if there's one player that I wish the Oilers could have off the Kings, it's Adrian Kempe. Oh, dude, he's so good. He's so, he's good, so good, so fast. He just, uh, just an absolute lightning, lightning bolt out there. Um, just hell of a player, hell of a player. But I don't know what he's doing, being Swedish and being named Adrian Kempe. Like that's such a, that's such a like West Coast kind of name. Yeah, it is. That's such a U.S. Olympic team kind of name. Stop. Stop being Swedish and being called Adrian Kempe. Such a US Olympic team kind of night. It is. Yeah, absolutely it is. So it's just frustrating, man. I just wish people would stay in their lane and stop being so fucking confusing and stuff. Um, I didn't talk about it last episode and I wanted to. Did you know that he eats bananas with his tacos? No. Yeah, like if he's having like taco night, like shredded lettuce, tomato, ground beef, he's putting bananas up in that thing. No, I don't like that. That's a really weird thing to say, Miles. What's your source? His girlfriend's Instagram story. What? Yeah, she posted it and it was like picture like a pie of like having taco night with my bae. Like at Adrian Kempe. And then, um, sorry. So um, so let me just get this straight. So she posted a picture of them making tacos with yeah. bananas there. Yep. And it wasn't even like a, haha, I know it's weird that he eats bananas with his tacos. It's like she just put that on there, like basically posting it as if it was just a normal thing. Yeah, posted it just normal. And then she had to do a follow-up of the same post just with a circle around the bananas. And it was like, for everyone getting at me, this is for at Adrian Kempe. 
So like uh, it's it's a thing for it's just, it's a thing. He puts bananas in his tacos and that's weird. That's but that's ins- confirmed per 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 Merles. Per Merles. Um I'm the uh, insider. By the way, can I just say one cool thing from game 6? The way that Hockey Night in Canada opened that night. Um so Anybody who doesn't know, my favorite band growing up was Metallica, so I have a very, very, very special place for Metallica in my heart. And they opened with, um, uh, as a as a as a Metallica purist, um, I don't think that Enter Sandman is my favorite Metallica song, but man, it's a hell of an opener. And the fact that they got James Hetfield, the lead singer of Metallica, to narrate the opening got my dad and I so hyped. So. Shout out, shout out Hetfield, shout out Metallica, shout out Hockey Night in Canada. Cause that shout ruled. out Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, shout out Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. Shout out OEG. Actually, don't shout out OEG. They suck. <laughs> shout out, um, what's the Oilers Plus? <laughs> <laughs> shout out The Drop. Shout out Tony Brar. Shout out Big Bob Stoff. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah, that's one thing about the playoffs that really makes me sad is we don't have any Jack and we don't have any Bob. Dude, I I think I just need to start listening to 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 Oilers now with Bob Stoffer again because I brought I, to you I, by Arctic Spas. Yeah, world no world of spas. World of spas. <laughs> yeah. Then I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear from the. There's a fucking jerky company that he <laughs> that he promotes on there too. Like a beef there's, jerky company. Yeah, there's, like a, yeah, there's like a beef jerky company. Will Hawk beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, no Will. free ads no for free any ads. of these. <laughs> you guys already get enough from you guys already get get enough of the bag from Big Bob. <laughs> shut um, up, shut up, Bob. Shut up, uh, Bob. Stopper. Come on the show, please. Um, Nolan. So yeah. cats out of the bag. It's an Oilers Golden Knights kind of round two kind of round. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, you want to do a little preview? Couple chrome on the domes. Couple chrome. Oh, if they wear those helmets, uh, Janelle's dad's gonna have a full on shutdown. If they wear those helmets, Knights and Five, like we're fucked if that happens. <laughs> Do they play really good when they wear those? Or I don't know, bl- but this, is it just but, a blinding effect on the but other the team? Swag is through the roof. <laughs> They're so ugly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in the minority that think that chrome domes are sick. Are you? You actually? I actually think they rule the Ferrero Rocher buckets. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, they're so the bad. gold member buckets. <laughs> I love gold. <laughs> I made these helmets in an unfortunate, unfortunate smelting accident. <laughs> Dude, that's uh, this is two gold member references in like two months. Because we had to there, put it in the skin box. <laughs> there can always be more. There can always be more. You're right. <laughs> oh my god, this is not a safe story for the podcast but this is really funny is it awesome powers related <laughs> yeah but it also references recreational use of drugs <laughs> so i don't know if this is a good story to share or not um you know like the reddit amas or it's like names have been changed in the story um yeah you know for to, to respect people's privacy yeah so friend of a friend has a friend so you can see the degrees of separation already. Who's looking for uh, like mushrooms? <laughs> and the reason he wanted them is so that he could do mushrooms and watch the three Austin Powers movies. <laughs> What's the Austin Powers trilogy? Dude, Mount Rushmore trilogy. 
dude i know around mount rushmore trilogy but like that's what you're that's what you're gonna do <laughs> dude that's like such a sick night you're getting the keys to the galaxy and you're gonna watch the three austin powers movies just eat a whole bag of cool ranch and, and watch mike myers in seven different outfits that's nuts. That's nuts behavior. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm not a guy I know, so it's okay. <laughs> but it actually could be a guy you know. But we've changed their identity for government purposes. <laughs> to, to, to stay off the grid. So CSIS isn't going to hunt down our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to knock on the door, gun in my face. Who was it? <laughs> Who was buying mushrooms? <laughs> I don't know, man. You can get them on the internet now. It's not that big a deal, man. <laughs> okay. Anywho. Oh, don't do drugs. Night. Yeah. Don't, don't do don't, drugs. Yeah. Don't this do drugs, is, kids. This is not a pro drug podcast, but Unless if you, you are. Do drugs and do them. It's fine. I don't care. But if you are, watch the Austin Powers trilogy and let me know how it was. <laughs> Vegas um, Golden Knights. Yep. Finished first in the Pacific Division with 111 points. The Oilers. Pardon? So they certainly did. The Oilers <laughs> were second in the Pacific Division with 109 points. Very, very similar. The Oilers won the season series three games to zero. Uh, Nolan, I have taken the liberty of including some of the uh, potential storylines of the series. Wonderful. Uh, division rivals. Always mm-hmm. a good one. Uh, battle of 2015 first overall and 2015 second overall picks between McDavid and Eichel. Um, there's also the Boissois revenge angle, and there's also the Matthias Janmark revenge angle. So few, uh, few good ones that could be included here. Um, some more quick figures for you. Average. Let's look at team comparison here. Average height is six foot two for both teams. Couple tall guys. Average weight. The Oilers are heavier, 202.3 to 202.2. Average age, the Oilers are 27.8. The Knights are 27.2. So the Oilers have uh, have experience on their side. Kind of like touch a girth. Kind of yeah. kind of like touch a gray, like old enough to know what they're doing, young enough to still do it. Um, goals per game Oilers are just under 4 Vegas is 3.26 shots per game Oilers they got them there too 33.6 to 31.6 we look at the defensive side of things goals allowed the Knights have us there 2.74 the Oilers have 3.12 penalty minutes the Knights take a league best in the regular season, 7.2 minutes a game. The Oilers take mid 8.6 a game. So for a team that uh, capitalizes being on the power play, they have that uh, storyline in this one as well, playing against a very disciplined Golden Knights team. Nolan Vegas plays very well on both ends of the ice. While they lack the offensive star power the Oilers have, they cycle low, grind the puck, and take advantage of the opportunities their tenacity creates. Both teams have young goaltenders getting their first taste of playoff hockey, and the Oilers have the ability to win this series as long as they are not their own worst enemy. What do you think? How do you feel? Um, What's going on in that big, beautiful brain? Thank you for calling it beautiful. Um, I actually, um, on brand, I've, I've actually uh, prepared some, uh, some other statistics for you, if you'd like some, some, some fancy numbers, if, if, if you, if you ever so would like to hear them, um, miles versus the Vegas golden Knights in four games, 
the Oilers, obviously, like you mentioned, three zero and one. Now, how about some numbers at five on five? Yeah, sounds excellent. Hey, how about uh, some numbers? How how about some how about some digits? Well, the Oilers in uh, in the four games uh, against the Golden Knights, they would finish actually tenth uh, in the NHL in Corsi four at fifty four point one seven percentage shots for they outshot them fifty three point six nine percent. Uh, as well as the expected goals battle. They would win that with 56.30 expected goals for percentage. High danger chances for, they crushed them with a 57.5 high danger chances for percentage. Um, The only thing where they kind of, uh, and then they wrote a pretty hot shooting percentage and didn't really get a lot of saves on their side. So PDO wasn't too, too bad. It was only a point or 1.004. So, the matchup is pretty good on paper for the Oilers. Um, the Oilers realistically could go into this series and could pull off a pretty handed victory, but let's not sleep on Vegas. Vegas is a very good team, and there's a reason why that they're in the position where they are. They have a lot of really good players in this team. Um, I mean, Mark Stone missed most of the end of the season, so that's a big thing, and he's had a great playoff so far. Alex Petrangelo has had a tremendous playoff so far. They're getting contributions from everyone up and down their lineup. They've got a guy like Chandler Stevenson playing on the third line right now, according to uh, Daily Faceoff, and there's been some breakout candidates like Brett Howden and Keegan Colsar. These are... Amadio, too. Yeah, Amadio as well. So it's it's not going to be an easy matchup, but where I think the Oilers can really generate chances against this team um, is transporting the puck through the neutral zone. They, I think they'll be able to do a little bit more work off the rush because the the Vegas Golden Knights don't have those horses defensively that the LA Kings do. I'm, and but when I say horses defensively, I mean uh, I mean from like a center position. Um, so they're not going to have guys that can kind of shadow McDavid or Drysaddle really all that often. Um, well, so. I, I, I like that matchup for the Oilers, but I think that where the Vegas Golden Knights are a lot different than the LA Kings is they can fire back with just as much offense. Yeah, no, for sure. I was going to say, like, they, they don't have, uh, like, don't, we're talking about Mark Stone. Don't sleep on Mark Stone, because a few years ago when he was in um, Ottawa, he was, like, the defensive centerman darling of the NHL. He was, and, and I don't think that he's lost that ability. He's just well, he's a maybe, winger. He's a winger? Yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah, <laughs> but he's still exceptional defensively. Doesn't matter, yeah. right? No, he's awesome. Um, he's great. So I just think that that doesn't get reported on as much now that he's in Vegas. But he hasn't lost that ability to to play defense as a forward. Yeah. Um, Chandler Stevenson too, like you said, playing third line center. That's uh, that's a matchup problem waiting to happen. They're not as deep defensively forward wise as LA. You know, like you were saying, but absolutely. I mean, even Phil Kessel sneaky veteran guy that knows how to score goals he got scratched in round one yeah and that was his first one that was his first like game he hasn't played in two since 2009 right which is crazy whatever story Mm -hmm. for a different time but goes to show what vegas has up front in terms of offensive prowess like um yeah, I don't know. I don't think that this is going to be as big of a walk as everybody thinks it will be. I think Vegas has a lot to bring yeah. to the table. I, I don't think that it's going to be a walk, but I feel, to be honest, and I know this is weird, but I feel more confident against Vegas than I do LA. I just really, 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 really don't like the style LA plays, and I know that that is something that can really stifle Connor and Leon. 
Um, obviously, Leon didn't really get stifled a whole lot, but I think Connor did a little bit. And I, we've mentioned this now for two episodes now is Connor's going to be hungry. Connor's going to be, I think that we are, I think that this is, could be the series where he finally opens right up. So that leads really nice into my next question. Is he your X factor for the series? Like if the Oilers are to win this game or or if the Oilers are to win this series, who's your X factor? What's your X factor? What's your storyline? I'd say it's Connor. I think Bruce Cassidy is going to go for a lot of, uh, a lot of Eichel, uh, Eichel McDavid matchups. And I like Jack Eichel. I think he's a really good player. I think he's when he's healthy and, you know, firing on all cylinders, he's a top 10 center in the NHL. Uh, but I think that Connor could easily eat him alive. No, oh, yeah. Connor's going to eat him alive nine out of 10 times, which is yeah. whatever. But um, Bruce Cassidy's a really good point too, because of like Bruce Cassidy. So they, what am I trying to say here? The Knights got rid of the Jets in five. So they had a little bit of extra time to look at the series that was unfolding before them, who they were going to be playing against. Bruce Cassidy, really good coach. If he's as good of a coach as we think he is, obviously he's going to be looking at game tape and trying to implement some of the things that were successful that the Kings were doing uh, into his team's game plan, preparing for the Oilers. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the Kings are preparing and, and how they come out of the gate and what they're able to do. And if they try to mimic some of the things that was successful for the, uh, for the Kings in round one, because uh, that can make life very, very difficult for, for our Oilers forwards. So yeah, I agree with you. I do think that the X factor in this series is going to be Connor McDavid. If he can push the Oilers over, if he's going to get stymied again, but I I'm saying that and I'm prosing it as a question, but then I'm remembering to what he did. I'm remembering what he did to Calgary last year in round two. Yeah. And you know that when he does uh, get a little bit of space and he does get a little bit of ability to be creative and have guys off of him, just how crazy he can be. So Mm -hmm. that guy's got an offensive output, just, you know, simmering. It's bubbling right now. (laughs) And when it explodes, man, he's going to blow the roof off of whatever building he's in and it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if he um, does that, if he does that, it's a quick series. Miles, who's uh, who's your dark horse? Who's my dark horse? So the like uh, Katy Perry dark horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the uh, what's the what's the what's the juicy J rap verse? There's like oh, the he it's has so a, bad in that song too. Uh, let, let let me Google it while you're while you're giving me your dark horse. So what I meant by dark horse in this scenario was like, who do you think your like sleeper cell for the round is going to be like last round, round one. I think you could kind of say it was clean. I think clean had a couple clean games, had a couple big goals. You got it. Oh, she a beast. I call her karma. Come back. She eat your heart out like Jeffrey Dahmer. That's a good, good line. Bars. 2022. That's a good line. Bars. Um, Bars. So, would you say round one that the dark horse was clean? Because I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of saying that, but yeah. I think that if he draws back into the lineup, I think the dark horse in, in round two is going to be Yanmark. I like that pick um, because the one thing I noticed about the but the the series against the Kings is the Oilers didn't have as many shorthanded chances as they had and I think a lot of that has to come from Matthias Yanmark because it's usually like Connor and Matthias Yanmark that are that are usually on the two on one or it's or it's uh or 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 it'll be him and Evander Kane so um I I, I really like that pick actually that's uh that's a, that's a really good selection um you know who I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a guy that gets the puck on a stick a lot 
has a usually has an open target to the net, but tends to always miss the net. And I'm not talking about Kyle Yamamoto. I'm talking about McLovin himself, Warren Fogle. This is the type of series that you pay a guy like him $2.75 million to hold, not maybe not drive a line, but to be a very, very, very good impact player on, on his line. And I think that this is the moment where we could potentially see Warren Fogle have that series and really step up and, and be a major key cog on this team. That would be awesome, and I think we'd love to see that for him as well. We would be remiss, Nolan, if we did this whole show not talking about the Dentine daddy and oh. the round that he had, uh, simply because he could. He, he's the X Factor. He's the dark horse. He's whatever the hell you wanted to be. Evan Bouchard had a big splash in round one, tying an NHL record uh, for the most power play points by a defenseman in a playoff series with eight points. A mark he now shares with Dennis Potvin. John Carlson and Paul Coffey. So that's pretty illustrious company to be in. And I think, yeah, very much puts him in X factor and dark horse territory because he's still for some reason flying under the radar with a lot of hockey fans about what he's able to do. Call him a power play merchant, call him whatever the heck you want, but uh, just don't sleep on him. And then yeah, that X factor, if the Knights are as good of a disciplined team as they seem to be, the Oilers are really going to have to capitalize when, when the Knights do make a mistake and if that's the case, I mean, Bush is very easily your X factor on that power play, um, being the quarterback and getting points there. So Oilers need to take advantage of every opportunity Vegas gives them. And that is going to run through Evan Bouchard very, 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 very bigly to quote the 45th president. He is a restricted free agent. Don't say that. We're not talking about <laughs> oh, that right now. He's going to get paid so much money. It's going to be awesome. The cap's gonna going be, up. It's going to be great when he, when Evan Bouchard's making $9 million. We got 18, 18.5 between him and Nurse. It's going to be awesome. I like, I, I like Daryl, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on. He's got a lot um, of money. We like yeah. Daryl. Thank God. Thank God Matias is only six. Whew got away with that one what a deal hey oh my god thank god for david Poyle holding back that 250k we we love you we love you on this show david Poyle. okay oh i guess we should probably make our predictions for the oilers hmm, wouldn't that be smart miles what do you have i got the oilers in six. Oh. We're twinning. I've got the Oilers in six as well. <laughs> twinning. Um, I was doing a little bit of a reading on the National Hockey League uh, website today, and they had their like staff predictions. So all their staff writers were doing their predictions mm-hmm. uh, for all of round two. And the most up in the air rounds, like everything was fairly unanimous. Um, the most up in the air rounds were Toronto and Edmonton. Oh, God damn it. Which is, is such like media bullshit bias. I hate it. But um. That being said, when we get into some of these other rounds, I do think that this round is one that is a little bit less cut and dry than what some yeah. of the other ones seemingly are. So I get it. I don't. I, I don't hate it. And yeah. you know what? The way that these playoffs have been going, I don't want to be the the clear front runner favorite either because that uh, has seemed to be a bit of a death sentence so far. Oh my in, god! In playoffs. Should we just transition? I mean, that's a pretty seamless transition to where it, we're going next. It really is. I'm a professional, and you know what? I I take I take this job very seriously. So sometimes it's nice to have them set up that way, and I just appreciate uh, appreciate you saying so. Updates from the playoffs around the NHL. Let's start with the big one and. 
the cat has been out of the bag for a little while here, but the Panthers win two straight, three straight to stun the Bruins in seven games. Game seven was nuts. Bobrovsky is a giant slayer. The Bruins lost three straight for the first time all season. After their historic regular season, they had a horrific postseason and uh, for lack of a better term, shit the bed. Panthers in seven moving on to round two. Almost like one of us on this podcast said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Florida Panthers won this, and that Sergei Bobrovsky would would turn would turn the clock back in one of these games. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I uh, I called them frauds at the beginning of the season and got raked for it, rightfully so. But uh, I'll wear that all. But Bruins are that. frauds. They're not frauds though. Like I just <laughs> I don't know what happened to them. That series was was crazy. Um. What do you think? Do you think they got out coached? Do you think they just played lame? Like what? What? What was the Bruins' downfall? I think I think there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of fingers being pointed at uh, at Jim Montgomery and the handling of the Linus Olmark situation because obviously Olmark was injured. Uh, by the way, Panthers are up four two now. Let's go, Montour goal. Brandon Montour's a freak. I got him in. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Um, but I, I mean the, and, and, and the other thing I wanted to mention too, with that, with that, uh, Jim Montgomery thing is, I don't know if you saw his quote, but just took absolutely no accountability and completely, completely threw the goaltending coach under the bus, um, which is kind of hilarious. Basically they, they asked him about like, um, why they were playing all Mark when he was clearly injured. And he's like, you'll have to ask the goaltending coach. Like, like you're not the head coach and that doesn't yeah. um, like directly come down to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, you, you could point to that. You could point to maybe some of their offense drying up a little bit. Um, people forget too. like, this team's pretty old. Like they're, they're like, they're getting old. Patrice Bergeron could, could be on his lot. Like this could be his last game. Uh, David, David Krejci is like a hundred years old. Uh, Brad Marchand is, is <laughs> he's getting pretty long in the tooth. Um, even, even well, some long of their, in the, never mind. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> long, long in the schnoz. Yeah. There we yeah. go. <laughs> um, like, you know, Dmitry Orlov is, is also not, not even like a very young guy, but so you have to hope that they can take advantage of, of, of these matchups and man, Matthew Kachuk, you yeah, can't was... say enough things about him. Um, he was, he was heart mode in that series. Like, I... He was heart trophy mode. I said this to friend of the show FFK the other night, and I didn't mean to hurt him, but I said to him, uh, no uh, cap emoji. I believe that right now Matthew Kachuk is a top five player in the NHL. You wanted to hurt him. You say you weren't trying no, to hurt him, I, but no, you I, wanted to hurt I, him. I, I didn't want to hurt him, but I... Yeah, you did. I, no, I seriously didn't. <laughs> you felt good in the he's process, go, he's, go, he's going through enough as it is. I, <laughs> But no, man, Matthew Kachuk, I, every time I watch him, he's just... He's a, such an impact player, and it's really incredible to see, and it just makes me wish that he was an Edmonton Oiler and playing on Connor McDavid's wing, because how hot would that be? Oh, God. Um, but you know what? At the same time, Nolan, God's got to got to bless the broken road that led us to where we are now, and we got to be happy with with this roster that we have because if they've got Chucky, there's no way that they've got Ekholm. you know guys like Hyman or Ekholm or yeah, even Evander Kane, right? There's there's no cap there, so this roster no cap, so this roster would look completely different. Um, God bless the broken road, you know. Yeah, you know, but um, 
Panthers, man, they're uh, they're a team to be a force they're to be reckoned with. Feisty as shit. They're feisty, feisty as, as all shit. hell. And get if they're getting good goaltending from Bobrovsky, like all playoffs. Look, my out. guy, my guy, Sergey, Sergey Bobrovsky. So that leads us very nicely into the next one. Uh, the Loafs, the Toronto Maple Loafs, made the second round for the first time since 2004, getting the monkey off of their chest and beating the Lightning in six. They now face those very Panthers in round two that no one saw coming. Uh, Florida announced that there are no tickets for sale for non-U.S. residents for 24 hours. What's that mean? Um, So they... So the non-U.S. residents thing came out, but it was actually only for 24 hours after the tickets went on sale. Oh, they were just giving U.S. residents like a day to buy as many tickets as they could yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I like exactly. That. No problem yeah. with that. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you live in Florida. You got enough people. Give them a chance to buy the tickets to make it a home game before I, you open up the floodgates. Yeah. And there's going to be enough. There, I mean, the floor, there's probably enough like Toronto re- resident or Toronto fans in Florida. So I still think that they're going to sig- be significantly like outmatched in regards to fan appearances. But um, I mean, everybody's calling Florida losers. And I, I just, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't fucking care if you want to not open it up to non-US residents. I don't give two shits. Because at the end of the day, some lucky fans, uh, you know, economy is going to be thriving because some Leaf fan will pay, you know, $25 on the cent in order to get, uh, or $25 on the dollar. There you go. We'll go with that. Uh, uh, you know, in order to get, in order to get a ticket. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the, the light, I mean, should we just quickly talk about that lightning leaf series? Like, what did you think overall? Um, I thought it was a good series. I thought the Leafs got lucky a couple of times and managed to get some very, um, I don't want to like, how do I want to say it? A lot of like scale tipping wins. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That's not yeah. how I want to say it, but like they, they got wins that gave, gave them wind in their sails and kind of helped them um, steer the direction of the series. So, it is what it is. I really thought Tampa was going to win that. Um, whatever. Leafs. Fuck them. I, um, I wanted to just say um, Ilya Samsonov. Hell of a series. Yeah, he played great. He was he awesome. Did. He really so, did. And that I was think... the big question mark for them. So good, good on him. Also an RFA after the season. Matt Murray season. He's going to make a Murray lot of season. money. Kyle Dubas shitting his pants. Nolan Pop Quiz. When was the last time the Leafs won a round two? Ooh, won a round two. Would that be 2002? It would when they advanced to the Eastern Conference Final. Play against before. the Carolina Hurricanes, right? Yes, and they did, in fact, lose that series. So I don't know off the top of my head when the last time they won a round three is. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't. But uh, as it stands right now, the cats are up five minutes left in the third, four to two. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, how do you see this series playing out, Nolan? Who do you see winning, Leafs or Panthers? Okay, so I, I should probably start off with, with a caveat, and it's very, it's very similar to how I felt about the Bruins and Panthers, or the Bruins and Panthers series. So I've got, I've got Leafs in six. But, 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 I cannot stress how impressive Florida has been and how feisty they have been that I could 
easily see them taking this series. And I know that I'm kind of speaking at both sides of my mouth right now, and I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but I'm just saying this Florida team is like that once every couple of years team that goes on a massive run. And I could ease for, I could, I'm just saying I could, there is a very, there is a timeline where I could see these guys going to the, going to the Stanley cup final and then getting absolutely crushed by whoever they play from the Western conference. Erdmanton. Uh, no, I, I'm not going to call you a, 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 a soothsayer or whatever a it's fence called. rider a fence rider because i think the exact same thing the leafs better win in six because if it goes to seven florida's winning yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's fair i think florida is a, a gamer a team full of gamers and if they're able to to scratch and claw and and purr their way to a game seven little cat puns uh then they're they're gonna do it and they're gonna win it so leafs better leafs better dispose of them quickly i can't believe a team that employs mark stall in this economy is uh, in the second round man they got mark and eric i know just a couple of couple of homophobes i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> wow i mean yeah yeah finest finest Funny to see funny to see how it all worked out they're the only ones left because philly's done and san jose's done so or sorry, there. Thunder Thunder Bay's finest. That's what I meant. Thunder Bay's finest. No, Su- yeah. Sudbury. Is it Sudbury? They're Sudbury. I know that didn't. Oh no, I... you're right. T Bay, and then they played Junior in Sudbury. Oh, I think Eric played uh, played for the Peterborough Peets. Yeah, he did. One Mark played for the Wolves. Yeah, that's a ugly player playing for an ugly team. Yeah, one of the worst logos in sports. Oh, it's just <laughs> the Sudbury Wolves. It's like a Dude, cartoon. Wolf. I don't want to I don't want to sound biased, but the Peterborough Peets have a pretty classic logo. Yeah, that's no bias at all. They do have a classic logo. It's one that hasn't changed for a while and it looks good. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty dope diggity dope. I might actually check out a Peterborough Peets game cuz they are in the playoffs right now and you know who they're playing against? The North Bay Battalion and Oilers oh, prospect Matvey Petrov. Petrov. Yeah, yeah. I want to go see him score four goals on the Peter Peets while I wear my <laughs> North Bay Battalion jersey. That you buy at the team store, gangster. So <laughs> the we... Peter Robe team store. <laughs> yeah, man. They have to have away guy stuff too. Maybe I don't know. They certainly don't in Regina. Um, Nolan, we went out east. Let's go out west. Uh, another big one here. The defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche were sunk by the Kraken in seven games. Some nasty behavior. The Pacific is a juggernaut. They The beat-up Avs got smoked by an expansion team in those seven games. Um, as much as I'm making this, like, because I, I don't think a lot of people saw this coming, but as the series, like before the playoffs started, I don't think anybody in their right mind was thinking Seattle was going to win this. After game one, I think a few more people were like, eh, you know, maybe Seattle's going to make a series of it. But once the Valerie Nachuskin stuff came out, it was like, seemed like it was all Seattle. Yeah. And uh, I, I just want to start off by actually just giving a shout out to uh, former Oiler Andrew Cogliano. Oh, um, yeah, horrible yeah. injury, and it's um, really sad to see. And especially a guy that's worked really hard to have the career that he's had uh, was the former Iron Man for a while until George Paris decided to be a complete P- pos um, and ending and ending that streak. But yeah, just a, just wanted to give a huge shout out to Andrew Cogliano because he's a hell of a player. Um, by all accounts, always seemed like a hell of a guy too. So um, thoughts are with him, and I hope that he gets his uh, that that he can uh, continue his career. As for the Avs, man, I mean they were injured to shit, um, and I mean 
Natron, that nerd, had to carry them on his back. Um, Kale McCarr obviously missed a game. That that was a pretty big story. But man, the 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 depth of Seattle pulled through, and somehow Philip Grubauer was Philip Grubauer again, and not this like weird, ghostly, almost scarecrow like object that was in their net. Um, he actually turned into Talking like about Grubauer or Martin Jones because that uh, description of Grubauer very very well could have just been Martin Jones. They were both really bad. Mar- <laughs> uh, Philip Grubauer's numbers over the last two seasons have been horrendous. So it's um it's nice to see that he's kind of back. Not really because he plays in the Western Conference, and I don't want to have to face off against him. But um but no, I mean it's I I think that who they're going to play in the next round is probably going to give them a little bit more of a test because you have to remember like Colorado is just missing everybody. And um, if there's a year to really go for it, it's this year because Colorado is going to be back next year and they're going to be hungry and angry and healthy and healthy too. Unhealthy. You would think. Um, so man, I just, I, all of this um, poor Colorado, poor Colorado talk is really making me just want to stroke the lightning off a little bit more because yeah. it it makes what the lightning did the past three seasons that much more um, commendable, impressive, impressive yeah. totally. simply just because it goes to show the longevity of, and the like how battle tested they were to go to the cup final three years in a row, win two of them. Um, cause it shows how hard the playoffs are and, and how hard that is on your body. And the fact they were able to do it two times successfully, um, Good on Tampa, man. Good on Tampa for sure. Modern dynasty, absolutely. Um, so this leads us into the Stars in the Wild. The Stars took care of the Wild in six games. They are set to face the Kraken in round two, which will be pretty interesting to see. Two really deep teams, but like you said, I think the Stars are going to give them a little bit more of a of a of a game than the Avs did. They're rested. They're skilled. They're deep. Um, yeah, going to be a really really fun series to watch. See if the Kraken can keep uh, keep playing ahead of what we think they can, and if Dallas can keep on rolling. And they're also playing like the best goalie left in the playoffs in it right now. The Ott. Yeah, I mean Jake Ottinger has been lights out this playoff so far. Um, he's been so 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 good, and I think that this is going to be a real. I mean, if last year wasn't a coming out party for him, I think that we're about to see uh, that we're we're about to see a real run ahead of him. That team is just great up and down the lineup. Um, Miro Heiskanen continues to be an absolute stud. Uh, their forward core continues to rock. Rupe Hints had a hell of a first round, and I think that they're just going to continue to be awesome. And I, I, I guess we'll get to predictions right now, but I've got the stars in five. See, I want to say I want to give the Kraken some some respect, and I want to give them six, but I think Dallas is going to beat them in five. I think Dallas yeah. is going to pump them pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Dallas is a full, a true blue Stanley Cup contender. Is um. McCain what's his name McCann is he gonna be is he gonna be healthy uh I think he's good to go uh let's let's just do a quick google search of Jared McCann's name if Jared McCann's back I'm gonna say Kraken lose in six I'm gonna say stars in six expected to miss first two games Mm, interesting didn't travel with the Kraken to start the second round that's not a good sign no not a good sign at all he's gonna be at home in a cold tub yeah, chowder. Dallas and five. 
Dallas and five. There you go. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. Hurricanes, Nolan. This is a tough one. Hurricanes dispatched the Islanders in six. Nolan's bracket is kaput. They will face the winner of the Devils and the Rangers. And with that out of the way, uh, actually, not really. That's not out of the way. Uh, they beat them in six games. Um, Islanders had two pretty convincing wins in that series, but ultimately the Hurricanes just outlasted them, beat them. Yeah, it's it, this was the most boring series. <laughs> it, it was like it was, I don't have what to say about it because I just I didn't care to watch. I may I have watched a total bothered. of like three periods in this entire series. I just I no, just couldn't. I couldn't. No Svetch, no Miles. Yeah. No Svetch, no Miles. If there's no, no Svetch, I'm not watching. No, no Svetch. No, no Svetch, the cough. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's that. No one was really that surprised there. I mean, sucks tough to, tough to see, but it is what it is. Uh, maybe Lou will give them some new toys. Probably not. So devils Rangers, the devils came back from being down two nothing in the series to knock the Rangers out in seven games last night with a four, nothing game seven. win. they now face the Carolina hurricanes in round two. So Rangers and devils, that was a good series. It was a really good series. I feel bad for Nick, for NYR Nick. It's almost like the Rangers may have been a little bit of a paper tiger. Fuck off with the paper tiger. I'm sorry. It's just, I I said this from the beginning, and I know that I talked about the Oilers thinking about Patrick Kane earlier and was excited about it, but there was something about the Kane acquisition that got Ranger fans a little too, a little too uppity. Um, no, it's, they were still a really good team. They were a really without, good. They were a really Patrick good team. Kane, it's I just, think, I think it was the speed that killed the man. Like this, the speed of New Jersey just absolutely killed them. And just, it's tough to keep up with that. That third line, I think was really disappointing for the Rangers. They needed them to step up. Like they needed Kako, uh, Alexis Laf- Lafreniere and Heedle yeah. to do something. And that the three of them didn't like, yeah. Laugh was laugh was zeros across the board. Yeah, um, yeah, the, he was zeros across the board. I believe Panarin had what one point in the entire series, something like that. Something, something not great. But and I, uh, I, I love Artemi Panarin, but man, I, I if I, if I'm gonna talk shit about John Tavares for being like an eleven million dollar player and not showing up, like you expect better out of your guys that you pay eleven and a half million to eleven and a half million dollars to. Like you, you just you have to play better. There, there's, there's no, there no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Especially when this team loaded up at the deadline and was the supposedly supposed to be a um, not a cup favorite, but like in the upper echelon of Stanley Cup contenders in this league, you have to be better than that. So. It sucks. It sucks for them, but maybe this gives them an opportunity to maybe tinker around and retool. Um, I have this weird feeling Gerard Gallant's not going to be back, and especially when you hear some of those rumors about Joel Quenville maybe sniffing around in an NHL return. Um, I think that we're going to be in a be in for a pretty big offseason in New York. Interesting, because I I don't think like is Gallant the problem in that situation. Like I don't think you get rid of the guy for that. <laughs> It just sucks that if Quinville's there, like if he's looking around, that that's, I mean, after everything oh, stained, but such a gross look. But he's such a good coach. He's such a good coach. I still, I, 
if he gets back into the NHL already, I'm really, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I'm just really disappointed by this league. Just yeah, really, pro- really disappointed. It's professional sports. I mean, yeah. if you, I mean, if you, true. I get you, it. Yeah. It's a business. You got to yeah. win. Um, the other, uh, the other thing that are, and to actually answer your question, I'd actually spoken about this actually with NYR Nick, uh, a few months ago about like why the younger players on New York have not developed. And a lot of that is due to Gerard Gallant's deployment of them. And so I'm, I'm wondering if maybe there's something there, but I've said this before, like their whole development of these young players, even before Gerard Gallant, has been incredibly concerning. And I think that there's a maybe a little bit of a deeper-rooted problem um, in New York when it comes to their young player development. Because there's no reason why Alexis Lafreniere has a career high of, what, like 45 points or something like that that he, that he has in the season. Like, mm-hmm. And he stays fairly healthy. He's, a, he's only 21 years old. Um, it's the oh, no. same with Kako. Yeah, Kako Kapo, man. Like, why hasn't did I fuck his name up again? Kapo Kako. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but like, how he hasn't been able to do anything as a number two overall pick? Like, what? What's in the water? I don't know, man. Like, there, there's got to be something there. And I mean, if you're New York, do you look at moving off of a couple of those guys? Like, do you look at moving Alexis Lafreniere while his value is kind of dwindling, and maybe look and see if you can get a real piece on your team? or a pick or something right like just to try again i don't know but that i certainly was expecting more from him and i don't think it's his fault but something's gonna happen it's gonna be an interesting storyline to watch this offseason in in new york but we don't want to take anything away from the devils man they had a great series they showed up showed out their goal akiva schmied or schmied or what's his name he's a freak yeah yeah like ladislav schmied yes schmied he's he's a czechoslovakian as well I mean, Czechia, but because we got to respect the new name. Um, just but with, before when you were talking about Ottinger maybe being the best goalie left in the playoffs, this that kid's right there with him. Yeah, uh, yeah, his numbers, absolutely. His numbers were nuts, and we talk about it so much on the show. But goaltending is is a voodoo art. Um, if the Devils are able to ride this guy to the Cup final, don't don't be surprised. Yeah, I I I completely agree with you. This could be their their modern name Martin Brodeur story. And I'm saying it. I, I said it last episode. I thought whoever won that Rangers um Rangers Devils uh matchup was going to be going to the Eastern Conference final. And I think so. I think that the Devils are going to beat the Hurricanes in I'm gonna say six, but I think five. I would say five as well. No, I think that yeah. those devil those devils are hot. Devs yeah. are nasty. They're gonna I think the the Hurricanes are gonna get absolutely torched by the speed of New Jersey. They're so fast. They're oh, so fast. What was your uh uh before we before we close this out, uh well like the series out, what were your thoughts on the uh, Jacob Truber hit? Oh, um you know, I don't wanna quote Don Cherry too much here, but keep, uh, your, head keep your head up, kid. Yep. That's it. That's it. It's hard. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You come up the middle of the ice with your lunch in your hands. Um, you better be looking around for people that want to put their put their hands in your lunch pail, and that's exactly what happened. He came through the middle of the ice and he got bopped. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's not um, it's not illegal. It's not technically dirty. It's just it's just a really unfortunate circumstance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you take that's that's hockey. Yeah, yeah, it's true. If you're gonna take the liberty of that prime real estate you're gonna pay the price if you're Truba, not prepared if you're not prepared to to 
uh, you know, be in a position where you're protect going into contact on your own terms. And if you're not doing that and you're set up to be vulnerable, you're going to get bopped and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, Florida Dubby, by the way, um, four two win. Love to see it, simply Dude, adore it. Bob, I don't know if you saw my face. Bob put on a goaltending masterclass in the last five minutes of this game. Was Good. absolutely nuts. So shout out Bob. Um, but uh, what what I wanted to quickly say is Jacob Truba, the way that he is able to hit guys in a way that's not illegal but is so violently vicious is actually kind of incredible. Like it's, he is, he's like, he's like a modern day, technically by the book, clean Scott Stevens. So not Scott Stevens at all. So Not Scott Stevens. Like, but just as mean as Scott Stevens was. I mean, I grew up like, well, we grew up in the, in the time. Like the, did you watch Rock'em Sock'em Hockey? Uh, I, I did. Yeah. And then I, and then I, I realized from a pretty young age at how much I didn't like that Don Cherry disliked European players. And so I kind of <laughs> stopped, but that's the most Nolan thing I've ever heard in my life. What? Uh, that I'm not xenophobic. No, that, that you're eight years old and you're like, ah, uh, I don't understand why Don Cherry like, okay, is I wasn't undervaluing the offensive skills. I wasn't that young okay i was probably I like 12 or 13 but i used to watch that on the portable dvd player at my aunt's house like <laughs> oh yeah like hit that's it, such yeah. a like, that's just, such a miles at his aunt's house kind of night just screaming at my at the portable dvd player watching guys <laughs> get blown up coming over the trolley track just cte and, and you're like <laughs> yeah Keep your fucking head up, man. That's what they teach you from day one. At, at when you're stick handling, they're like, "Hey, you're gonna look at the boards and you're gonna stick handle, and you got to do a figure eight through your gloves." Like, it is taught to you early, and it's just funny to see how some guys are bigger, stronger, faster, whatever, and forget that as they get to the next level and then get to the NHL. Timo Meyer is not a small guy, and it's I don't. Like I, I too exactly. Like I don't. I think that he, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of Timo Meyer, so I don't know if that's something that he did a lot in San Jose or what, but Truba saw it and did it and let some frustration out maybe. I don't know, but if you're not going to keep your head up, you, I said it 900 times in the past three seconds. If you don't keep your head up, you get what's coming to you. It's hockey, not, not, uh, not jacks. Not jacks? Not jacks. Jump, jack in the box, cracker jacks, whatever. There's no, there's no toy in the bottom. Jack, Jack Nicholson's. Here's Truba. Oh, there you go. There's a little, there's a little movie reference that you get from Miles. Um, do you want to talk about the most lopsided, uh, the most lopsided round in this, uh, or the most lopsided matchup in this first round? Yeah, I mean, we obviously spoke about this already, but Vegas they finished off the depleted Jets in five games. Uh, now they face off against the Oilers in round two. Um, dude, Rick Bonus's comments. <laughs> I forgot, dude. I don't listen to that idiot. I hate Rick Bonus. I hate Mark Shifley. I hate the city of Winnipeg. That's it. Nothing else to say. So, Enjoy so, the offseason. So you have so you have no idea what Rick Bonus said? No. Tell me. Oh man, you don't. You didn't hear about the about the post game? No, sir. Oh my God! You need to hear this. Okay, so let, let me just uh, let, let me just pull up the actual quote. Okay, I I just need to I just need to uh, post game uh, post game interview here. Um. Okay. So he his availability was so typically a, a coach's post game availability is like um is like typically like. 
10 minutes or what it's anywhere from like six to 10 minutes. Right. And brick bonuses post game availability was literally one minute. (laughs) And it was, um, he basically was like, I don't want to answer any, I don't want to, Oh God, give me the fucking written out quote here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, okay. Um, he okay anyways he basically came out and was like i'm disgusted by our lack of i'm I'm just i'm disgusted by our lack of fight their best players were better than our best players i'm disgusted in every way and then they're and then he's like are there any more questions and they're like nope and he's like okay see ya and just left (laughs) and then blake wheeler and so i will say i kind of give rick bonus a little bit of credit on that one because he called the spade a spade which was like the Winnipeg Jets best players don't show up when they need to. And it's they're all hurt. They're hurt, but it's also like dog, like Mark Shifley <laughs> has more to offer. Like, come on. Blake dog. Wheeler has more to offer. Come on. And then Blake Wheeler comes out and has his little, like has his little fucking, uh, his little locker room clean out interview. And he was like, he mentioned it, how, um, or I guess this was in an interview that he did on the side was like, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't have re-signed in Winnipeg if we didn't have 2018 where we went to the Western conference final and then, um, went on about, uh, how, and then during the, the actual, the actual interview, um, mentioned that how he wasn't too happy with bonuses comments and, um, wish that he did that all behind closed doors and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, man, this is such a toxic locker room. This is so bad. Uh, and then it just came out that Kevin Shovel day off is back. Rick bonus is back. There's probably not going to be any wholesale changes to this team. And they're just continue to perpetually run down the street of mediocrity. And it's, it's, it's funny. Um, I love to see it, but man, if I was a GM, if I was a GM, like, and there was a job opening, man, if you could get me into Winnipeg, do a full scale rebuild with Winnipeg and just accumulate assets from all of these, all of these like guys that are, have one year left on their deal. Oh, and by the way, Connor Hellebuck also said he's not around for a rebuild or a retool and wants to win a cup. So it's, this is just a fucking disaster in Winnipeg. I'm Okay, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I said I hate Winnipeg, I hate Rick Bonus, I hate Mark Shifley, blah, 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 blah. I don't hate the city of Winnipeg. No, no. I'm from I'm from Saskatchewan, and I like to make fun of Winnipeg, but at the same time, they're, they are basically the same as us yeah. in terms of like being, you know, Western Prairie Blue people. Collar. Yeah, and they've yeah. got, you know, Winnipeg, actually not a horrendous city. It's kind of nice by the river in the summer. The people are pretty friendly. The MTS gets rocking or whatever that Canada Life Center gets rocking. So when I say I hate Winnipeg, I do not hate the people of Winnipeg. And I feel really bad that Jets fans have to endure this again and again and again. Because, again, being proud Prairie people, they're going to support this team into the freaking ground. And they're just happy to have the Jets back after losing them in the 90s, right? So they're not about to step away and uh, turn their back on this team and force them into a corner to do a rebuild um, because they're going to keep supporting them and keep giving them their dollar. But... It sucks for them that they're going to have to have to live through this and just stay like a mid barrel team that underperforms, overperforms, whatever. Um, 
I think that they can get some really good pieces back for a guy like Shifley and for a guy like Hellebuck. Cole Perfetti is really exciting uh, as a prospect uh, or as like an emerging NHL star. So star player, whatever you want to call him. So hopefully Winnipeg can turn it around. But I think that the buck, whatever starts and stops with shovel day off. And the fact that he's coming back is really disappointing. He's the only GM that they've had in franchise history. And I don't know how that man's looking himself in the mirror saying I'm doing enough or I'm doing the right thing because he clearly is not moving the needle forward. Yeah, exactly. And it's just the goal. Yeah. It's just perpetual mediocrity. It's, it's not going to change. You get to what, what were we saying before somebody was saying, I think it might've even been Elliot Friedman. Shout out, shout out per Elliot. Um, You get two as a GM, you get two coaches before you go. Yep. He's had more than two coaches. It's He's, time for time for a new GM. He would be on. Uh, he had Claude Noel, Paul Maurice, uh, Dave Lowry, and then now it's Rick Bonus and potentially a fifth one. Yeah, if they yeah. get, do you think they're going to get rid of? Well, you said that Bonus is back, likely, right? Um. Yeah, Bonus will be back. Yeah, it's but if al- they come, it's al- it, it is already confirmed that he is back. If they come come out of the gates stumbling. I could see a GM and coach fired midseason, which would be disastrous, but might be what Winnipeg needs. It's the classic Edmonton Oilers formula, baby. Hey, hey, hey! Worked out for us. <laughs> Working out now. <laughs> um, couple yeah. couple NHL shit news items. Okay, so um, I will take the first one. Sorry, <laughs> I was just uh, I was in the middle of responding to a fantasy football uh, trade request, so. Oh, yeah. before you take this one, can I say that this is just a great tee up after talking about a coach and GM getting fired? Absolutely. Yeah, this, this is, is like just this delicious. Is this is beautiful. McCain deep and delicious. Um, Yeah, because uh, if you've been living under a rock, Daryl Sutter has joined Brad Living in the unemployment line as the Calgary Flames announced the two time cup champion has been relieved of his duties. Uh, Daryl Sutter, the uh, popular, ever so positive head coach of the Calgary Flames, finished his second tour of duty with the Flambés uh, with a 103 wins, 63 losses, and 28 overtime losses record in 194 games with his team leading the league in OT losses and frowns per 60 this last season. <laughs> um, by all Flames fans' accounts, uh, uh, this is a, a, a miracle uh, in Flames land as it looked like Daryl Sutter had the backing of ownership, especially after Brad Trail Living essentially told them to take their to take their contract extension and piss right off. Um yeah, it's this is kind of expected, and you're hoping that a younger voice comes into the Flames locker room uh, and maybe gives that team a little bit of spark. Uh, one thing I, I didn't totally like from Don Maloney's press conference he had after talking about uh, Daryl Sutter being fired was that he mentioned um, the whole let's just get into the playoffs and see what happens sort of thing. I don't think mm-hmm. that that's a necessarily a good tactic for building a hockey team. We just talked about the Winnipeg Jets as a team <laughs> that likes to get into the playoffs and sees what sees what happens, and that's not a successful thing to do. No, um, and it's you you have to hope for better seasons from Jonathan Huberdeau and Nazem Kadri and some of the other forwards on that team. But like, I just 
I like a lot of players on that team. I think the team is good. I think they are a playoff team. But I think in the NHL, you have to try and shoot for more than a playoff team. Am I not crazy in saying that? Or am I crazy in saying that? Like, You're not. You're not crazy. Um, but we talked about it. We talked about the Flames so much, and it's the same shit over and over again. They're sneaky old. Yeah. They sneaky don't have the pieces there to make. Um, they made their move uh, two years ago, last offseason. They made their moves getting guys like Toffoli, um, Huberto, Caudry, right? Like they made those acquisitions. Tanev, Markstrom, over the past number of offseasons, they've, you know, played their hand. And now they need to either lose those pieces at a loss or like they're talking about just try to get into the playoffs and salvage it as much as salvage or put off a rebuild as much as you can. See what happens with, with Jakob Peltier and if he can come in and um, I don't know, be something to this team, play up to play, play up more than they think he he's capable of whatever. I don't know, but Calgary's got to figure something out. But I just, I, th- I think that they have a lot of dark days ahead of them. Yeah, um, I and I also don't believe that you can win a Stanley Cup with Jonathan Huberdeau as your best forward. I'm, I don't mean to sound like a Debbie Downer, but I think that that's a. I think he's a good player. I think that he's definitely has a better season ahead of him than he had this this last season. But for ten and a half million dollars, you kind of want a little bit more. Um, I just don't, I just don't know if I see him getting back to that production that he had in Florida. Florida was a really good team and, um, I just don't know. I just don't know what that team. So I, I, if, if it were me, if I was in that position, I'd be rebuilding that, that thing as quickly as possible. going to depend on who they get, uh, get into that front office and behind the bench yeah. there. One other thing I wanted to say, um, Brad Treliving, son of Jim Treliving, more yes. of Boston pizza. No longer involved with the Flames. Boston Pizza today has a funny <laughs> yeah. tweet that they're going to change 5,000 retweet- likes and we'll change the name of our Edmonton Ice District Boston Pizza to Costin Pizza. Yep. And they were over 5,000 likes in 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely crushed it. Shout out Oiler fans everywhere. So Costin Pizza coming coming soon near you. It's just funny that Bradshaw Living leaves Calgary and now uh, the Boston Pizza franchise is suddenly something that we can support again as Oilers fans. Um, no free ads. I, I, I hate to take the wind out of out of everybody's sails, but also in Ontario, they're naming their what their I believe it's their Front Street location to Austin Pizza. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh one. How's that feel? Yeah. <laughs> How's that feel? You just got kachucked. Miles, we don't need this bad karma. Come on. I hate, I just don't, I just don't like the Leafs very much. Really it's God. a personal decision. Uh, take that. I don't really, I'll, t- I'll, I'll read your words and then you can talk about this next one. How does that sound? Like you're going to read my headline? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Read my breaking, headline. Breaking, 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 Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg joined Neko Sparks Nico, bid to purchase the Ottawa Senators. Uh, who's Nico Sparks? So Nico Sparks, I looked into this. Um, it's funny That's because Nico. A- apparently he is a he is a California producer, an investor, and I looked into his productions, and it's really a whole lot of nothing. So I'm like, what is he investing in? And it then says entrepreneur, and I'm like, 
hmm, what does entrepreneur mean? So now I'm just like of the mindset that he's like the this the the controlling the controlling majority stake of like Brazzers right now. So no, dude, he's uh, like Andrew Tate, Hustlers University. Oh my god, ball ball so hard, you. No, those are two very different things. <laughs> uh. Anyways, uh, but yeah, Snoop Dogg. Uh, Snoop's a well-known hockey fan. In uh, in case no, in case people didn't know, uh, he's been featured on the Ducks and Kings broadcast. Made a couple of hockey references in some of his bars, and famously wore a Penguins jersey in the, the seminal Gin and Juice video. Um, now, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is just because he actually went on first take today and had a little bit of an eye-opening interview with Stephen, Stephen A. Smith. Um, and he spoke about why he wanted to get on this bid, saying that uh, his representation among a more diverse audience could help grow the game, which I think is totally, totally fair. Um, and then he also mentioned that he's looking to start a Snoop Youth Hockey League um, in the same vein as his very successful uh, Snoop Youth football team. If, if you haven't heard of that, it's basically like a program that is like uh, uh t- typically like around high school age then getting into like uh, 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 uh pre-ncaa stuff uh, he mentioned that he's actually got uh tw- last year i believe he had 23 division one ncaa guys which was crazy to have um and then also has graduated nfl players uh, such as uh i don't know if he plays on the team right now but john ross uh juju smith Schuster, juju uh, juju smith schuster who we don't like uh as eagle fans um but just recently got a multi-year uh i believe 30 million dollar deal from the new england patriots as well as boy. 2023 number two overall pick Houston Texans quarterback CJ Stroud. Um, so he's got some he's got some pretty big names coming out of that program. Uh, and then this league would also have significant investors uh, from partners as well as Snoop himself, citing that the NBA and NHL are having some really great playoff games right now, and the kids need to know that there's an option to play hockey if you look like me. He also recognized the substantial financial hurdles that impoverished youth face and wants to do his part in making hockey both more accessible and affordable to struggling families. So he recognizes a lot of the barriers that come with the sport of hockey, and is wanting to kind of break down those barriers. And I think that that's really cool. And I think that he's really on to something because, I mean, we've mentioned this before, but there could be a kid out there that's the next fucking Wayne Gretzky and they're just not even playing hockey because it's either inaccessible or it's too expensive. So um, I, I'm really hoping something like this goes forward and we can really see uh, we can really see the tide turn when it comes to uh, representation in the sport of hockey. Very eloquently put, very nice thoughts, very good stuff, Nolan. Here's what's going to happen. You've got two competing bids. On one hand, you have Snoop Dogg, and he's like, hey, I want to change the face of hockey, and I want to do something good here for for youth and inspire minority uh, people across the across North America to play to play sports that they might not think they can play. And the NHL, NHL is going to be like, okay, good argument. And what about you? And Ryan Reynolds is going to go, oh, Deadpool. And the NHL is going to go, we love yes. this. This we is good. This. this is what we want to see. And that's unfortunately how it's going to go. Yeah. It's 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 definitely going to go to Ryan Reynolds. I really hope that well, Ryan Reynolds and that that whole group. No people. Ryan Reynolds himself is not buying the Ottawa Senators. No, yeah, he... a billion dollars in case people don't know. 
like the, the the sends are gonna sell for a billy like let's let's remind ourselves of that the ottawa senators formerly owned by eugene melnick are gonna sell for a billy like formerly that's owned nuts. by Terfner. <laughs> Terfner. um like it's this is kind of nuts, but yeah, it's going to end up getting sold to Ryan Reynolds and, and his group because Gary Bettman just loves money. Um, oh, it's ha ha Deadpool. And, yeah. And also, <laughs> and also the fact that he's going to ask for some freaking uh, Deadpool merchandise and we're going to get some like ESPN plus commercial with like Ryan Reynolds in there at, at you know, as Deadpool br- breaking the fourth wall with like, I don't know, they're not going to get Connor McDavid. They'll do like Jason Robertson or somebody. Um, <laughs> It, it, it's, it's just oh Brady Kachuk is that oh. you in, is that you in line for a coffee? It's gonna no, it's gonna be like the Kachuk brothers and Deadpool, and they're doing funny eighty stuff, like wearing neon clothing and going oh. to the beach. Hockey's awesome, and where or it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a retelling of like Weekend at Bernie's, but Deadpool <laughs> is Bernie, and it's Matt and Brady taking yeah. him to taking them to the all-star game oh yeah, god exactly. it writes itself it's We're like just, the laziest thing nhl ever. hire us whenever you'd like um i just i really hope though that snoop dog does go through with this um with this youth hockey league program though even if he, they don't get the senators um because the, the this program was going to be something that was developed in uh in the united states so i'm really hoping that that, that that's something because i think that that's really important for the future of the game if the almighty dollar is going to win out in this, I mean, Snoop Dogg is very well connected in the entertainment industry. If he finds some more like-minded, you know, investors that are with his cause, they could easily raise the capital too. So I take back what I said about the easily going to Ryan Reynolds. It'll be interesting to see which way it goes. I'm just happy that the Sens are A, going to get bought and B, mm-hmm. get bought by somebody with money who's going to build the rink downtown. Oh my God, dude. Have, oh no! I, I I guess you've never been to a game in Canada. No, so. but I've seen like read all the articles. Seen what? It's like sixteen miles away from downtown. Why do you go in miles? We're in Canada, for the love of God. Uh, I live in Freedoms. Oh, sorry. Are you gonna say it's about twenty clicks from here? No, oh, I live okay. in I live in Freedoms. You you live in Freedoms? Yes. You don't, you don't live in you don't you don't live in the country. I live, I live in freedoms. God bless um, America. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah, it's 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 about it's about sixteen miles. So I guess I don't know, like twenty kilometers or something like that. I don't, actually I don't know if it's that far. Um, yeah, it, it's not that far. But the issue is, is that you run it is that when you're trying to catch an Ottawa Senators game, it's usually around seven o'clock, and you want to be. Um, uh, and and it's and if if you're talking regular season, they actually drop the puck somewhat on time, so you'll be like seven oh nine puck drop or something like that. And so if you want to get over there and like let's say get get parked and then get seated and uh, get your food and your beers and all that stuff, you probably want to get to the rink for at least six o'clock. Um, which means if you get off work at five, you have to then get home. Uh, get showered and then deal with the awful, awful traffic of the 417 to get to Canada uh, in order to watch a hockey game. So if you can have something downtown where people could just like finish work and then just like take a bus or like take an Uber or even hell, maybe walk to the downtown arena, um, <laughs> that would be that that would probably be preferred 
for fans. So you're right. I I just I just I want to see the senators not be involved in drama and be kind of done with this. It's the same with the fucking coyotes. Just 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 end end this drama. Oh, by the way, uh, if the uh, the I believe the the vote is supposed to happen soon for the coyotes, and if they don't do it, the NHL is probably going to move them. Interesting. It'd be really funny if they do. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a discussion for for the round three episode of one for one, maybe. Maybe we'll see. Maybe see if we feel like it. See how we're feeling because there's two events this week that will uh, certainly affect the way that we're feeling about a number of things. That's game one against the Vegas Golden Knights Wednesday, May third, and game two against the Vegas Golden Vegas Golden Knights Saturday, May sixth. A little bit of a friggin' around with the schedule as that was supposed to be a Friday night game. And then per Elliot, uh, the tweet came out that the schedule was changed and that they will be playing, maybe not changed, but that the schedule was confirmed and that they're playing Saturday. So just, I I, I know that we're going to close this out right away. Did you hear about why this is all happening? Didn't they double book something in Edmonton for a concert or something? So apparently what was supposed, so apparently we were going to be seeing, it was going to be Oilers and Knights were going to play Friday. And then the Leafs and Panthers were going to play Saturday. And apparently (laughs) they did all of this schedule reshuffling. Because Vinny Viola has a horse in the Kentucky Derby and does not want his horse to be racing the same day as a Panthers playoff game. That's Rockstar. That fucking that's so sick. That, and so the term Rockstar gets thrown around a lot these days. Sometimes it's deserved, sometimes it's, it's so, not. That's Rockstar. And so there's there, there's even more cool stuff involved. Um so now the game is pushed to uh now there's a, a, a another there's a an, another Oilers game that <clears throat> was supposed I believe it was game game 3 I think or game 4 was supposed to be played on the 10th now it is being played on the or, or sorry now that game is being played on the 10th that day there was a concert scheduled and that concert has now been pushed back. So the concert at Rogers Place has now been pushed back one day to the 11th. Take a guess who the band is. Somebody told me. Uh, Baby Back Billick told me, actually. It's who funny. It was. Yeah, who is it? Oh, wow. No. Disturbed is pushed back one day. <laughs> That's awesome. There's so many rock stars being thrown around in this segment. There's um, so much cool shit going on at the NHL playoffs. Uh, but yeah, so, um, the NHL was basically like, uh, we are not going to have one of our Canadian teams not playing on Saturday. So just because Vinny Viola needs to watch his horse, in the Kentucky Derby. that's so cool that I wish, I wish I had that's there's, there's different levels of wealth and that's, that's fuck you, Rich. Yeah. We're, we need to, we need to get to the point where we're owning racehorses. We'll be like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Does Nuge have a racehorse? Dude, Nuge, Nuge has a full uh, full-blown roster of racehorses. <laughs> um, where the horses are hung like you, like, like you. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I Vaguely. I, I've heard it before. Season one of I Think You Should Leave, where the horses have Oh my god, penises. how do I not know that? Oh my god, oh my god, I'm a fucking idiot. What's, I can't remember what the but, that skit is, but yeah, that's what Nuge owns. By the way, that comes out in like two weeks. May thirtieth. Oh my god! Was, okay, so not not quite two weeks, but 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 close. 
Oh, before we end things off, Nolan, we have to enter the errors and omissions part of the episode where we uh, where we fix mistakes from previous episodes. Oh, what do we I've, do? I've been told that I need to apologize from our Love is Blind recap for calling Micah a bitch. Oh, okay. And I would like to take this time to apologize to absolutely nobody. Good, good. Because I stand be. by my Micah comments. Micah sucks. And maybe calling her a B word wasn't fair. Uh, but I would call a man a bitch as well if if they were doing the same thing because that was some some B behavior. Some some trash behavior. Some trash behavior. Micah sucks. I yeah. I what Irina sucks. Um there's lots of seasons of Love is Blind where the men suck, like Cole sucked last season. Barty um, sucked. Barty sucked. Shake sucked. It just so happened that this season that some of the female characters were a little more sucky than the male characters. Like Jackie sucked. Like there, Marshall was a king. Brett was a king. There was lots of good dudes this season. So I, I, I apologize maybe for the choice of words, but I don't apologize for what I said about Mike. <laughs> That's not an apology at all. I hate Micah. Micah sucks. End of story. Um, also, uh, I, I literally just Googled love is blind, uh, just to see if there was like, maybe like a surprise announcement of like another season. Um, but I got a link to an article, uh, from Buzzfeed. So shout out Buzzfeed, just kidding. Buzzfeed stinks. Uh, but it's actually about, uh, Ayana opening up about why her and Jared are no longer together. Um, Jared was cheating on Ayana. That oh didn't see that coming. Oh no, yeah, the guy that the guy that wouldn't stop partying. <laughs> like, hey, we're married. Do you want to stop? Do you want to stop partying in the middle nah. of the week? Nah, nah, nah I nah, don't. It's okay. <laughs> That's so sick. Jared's a bitch. There. <laughs> shout out Jared. Um... No, no shout out Jared. Jared sucks. That's <laughs> such a selfish Neg- thing. Ne- negative shout out to Jared. Negative shout out to Jared. Oh, okay. <laughs> Last thing about okay. Micah. This is yep. some tea that I think that Ooh. you would enjoy hearing too. Okay. Can't wait. Um, so I was looking on some TikTok stuff and they were talking <laughs> about how Micah didn't get it very bad during the reunion. And do you want to know why she didn't get it very bad during she, the reunion? She's friends with Vanessa Lachey. Because they are thinking that she is going to be on season two of Perfect Match. Oh. And that Netflix is trying to protect its asset. They don't want her reputation getting tarnished uh, on one of their own programs. They'll let whatever happens outside of their programs happen, but they're trying to protect the reputation of their asset for her next reality show. So if Micah is on season two of Perfect Match, one for one broke it. You heard it here first. See, this is why Netflix needs to cut it out with the amount of reality dating shows. They need to have their tent poles and leave it be. They need to have Love is Blind. I, I, I didn't I don't think I watched the last season of Too Hot to Handle, but you can have Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle. If you want to have like what like the I think like the circle is a big one. Have those three, call it a day. Dude, the circle's not even a dating one. The circle's a competition show. Oh well, okay. S- same shit, different day. No, um, perfect perfect <laughs> match has a place. Perfect match is, is great. I haven't watched Perfect Match. It it was good. It was good. <laughs> it was it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Perfect match was a good show. Um, oh my god, the freaking Seattle Dallas game is not so far. Okay, we gotta wrap things up, folks. <laughs> Miles, if five minutes left, the score is three two <laughs> Seattle. Oh my goodness! In the game, there's five minutes left. No, five minutes left in the first period. Oh my god. Okay, things are going on. Stuff is happening. 
Speaking of stuff, you were here for some stuff. That was episode 23 of season three of the one for one podcast, where we talked about the Oilers going to round two. We talked about round two in the NHL and we talked about some more dating show stuff. So thank you for joining along with us. Thank you for staying throughout this whole episode and um, lots of hot takes, lots of hot listeners and go Oilers go. Go Oilers go. (laughs)